slavery. Most people think of it as a history lesson about the past. And yet the world's dark and ugly secret is this. There are more people trapped in slavery now than any time in history. In fact, human trafficking is one of the largest illegal industries in the world, second only to drugs. And it affects nearly every major country across the globe. In places like India, more than three million people are enslaved, with little hope of ever being set free. In New Delhi, the nation's capital, there are more than 37,000 sex workers. But organizations like You Can Free Us, led by Sujo John, are working to rescue these victims. This is what Jesus would do if he were to be walking physically upon this earth. He would be walking in the red light district and he would go bring freedom. And that itself is a tremendous weight of responsibility that all of us at You Can Free Us carry. That God would trust us with some of the most broken people on this earth. Many of those girls have been living there for 15, 20, 25 years. And almost every, all of them told a story how they came in when they were about 14 or 15. So they were, they were children when they came in. They were deceived and now that's their lives. When the girls are first uh, brought in or trafficked in, um, they're now just released with all the other girls in the brothel. They're kept separately because that's when the girl is trying her best to leave the brothel. So what I've heard is the first several months uh, they're beaten till their resistance to, to fight back is, is broken. For me, it's hard to even imagine what they could have experienced living there. Zero ventilation. For me, being there even for five minutes is hard, it's a stretch. And then to realize that this is where they do life, this is where they live, this is where they work. But about how many men come, come to here a night? Fifty uh, for one girl, uh, approximately twenty to forty. Wow. Men come daily, and you can move. Really, depending on their money. If we can just rescue one, if we can just connect with one, if we can just beg, implore, plead with at least one of them um, to to get out of that brothel with us, then then it would be worth it. Any girls that come into contact with our program, we tell them, your story is not done. Your real story is just getting started. We have two safe houses. This is the first safe house they're brought to. And, and this, this, this is the place where we spend a lot of time counseling them. We spend a lot of time just loving on them. This is the dining room here. The girls uh, get to do life around this place. This is where they, they cook. Uh, this is their kitchen here. It's just a blessing for these girls to be in this place because you know we've shown you scenes of what the red light district looks like. Uh, it's just a hellhole, and this place is a lot like heaven for them. When we see God raising up girls from this home, that inspires us, and we can tell that story, and the other girls are watching that story, and they all know that if they give their life into God's hands, and if they can just hang in there, 
God's going to build something in them that nobody can take out of them. And that is the heart of Jesus. The church needs to be activated to go and battle. And the Bible says our, our, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but we can go and battle in prayer, crying out for these women and uh, who are crying out for freedom. Good morning, Horizon. I know that video is intense. It shows their darkness that's not just in India, but around the world. This is a problem uh, that is growing. You know, the stat on that video said it's a $32 billion industry, right? Recently, I, I talked to someone with a nonprofit called Not For Sale, and they're talking about it's not just, they feel it's not $32 billion anymore. It could be a $300 billion industry, and that's how big uh, this, this evil is growing around the world. And I really believe that there is a mandate upon the church and there's a mandate upon this generation to end this evil of human trafficking. And I know that this is a, a cause very dear to your heart. I've heard stories of what God has allowed you to do in Cambodia and other parts of the world. So I'm truly honored to be here with you, sharing with you uh, what we get to do, but also uh, share with you what God has laid on my heart for you guys. But before I do that, I want to thank you, Pastor Stan and Sister Karen, for for what you mean to us and everything you've done for us. Your pastor is just an amazing man of God. He's such a super encourager. I was telling uh, Karen earlier that I had a long day coming in to Dallas, from Dallas, two flights, and it took me like forever like to get here. So I was worn out. But the moment I sat down with him, I just my energy level just went up because he's just a super encourager. So thank you. Uh, you know, till recently it was just another church I went to speak, but but God has just connected us in the last couple of years, and, and thank you for what you what you do for us and the blessing. And uh, Candice, I get to see you for the first time. You were a blessing to our event in Canada. A year ago, we did a fashion event, and she came down there and sang and, and blessed the people there. So this is great what you guys get to do as a church, not just impact uh, this community for the cause of Jesus Christ, but impact the nations around the world. For truly, that is a call of the church. Amen. Uh, I'm excited about this missions week and what God's going to ask some of you to do for the cause of missions. You know, I don't know how much time we have. No man knows, the Bible says, when he's going to come back. But you look at the signs of our times. They're telling a story. His, his coming is very near. And so if his coming is near, then the church of Jesus Christ needs to do more than we've ever done to, to herald the, to his coming. If this gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ will go into the old world, the Bible says he'll come back soon. So he's just waiting for this work to get done. And then he's going to come for the church. And, and so I want to commend you for what you do for the cause of missions. When Pastor Stan read all those churches and ministries and missionaries that he'll support, it just warmed my heart. And like he said earlier, I'm a product of missions. So I wouldn't be here but for the church in America that sent this Assemblies of God missionary to India and came and he came and gave the gospel to me growing up in that city. And this morning, so I stand before you as, a, as your missions dollars, as a product a mission. So thank you for what you do for the cause of missions. I know this church over, the, over these last many years has supported missionaries all over the world, and now you're taking in more missionaries. This is cool, especially ministry to, to Muslim nations, some of the most close nations out there for the cause of the gospel. What we get to do, as you, as you can free us, we started in India, New Delhi, now we started in Mumbai, which is on the western part of India. It's the financial capital of India. It's a lot like New York. We call it a city on steroids because of how busy people are in that city. 
um, it is also the movie capital of India. They make more, more, more movies in India, in, in, in Mumbai, they call it Bollywood, than they make in Hollywood. And it, it's huge how big the movie industry is. That brings a lot of young girls to that city. Many of them are promised the, you know, roles in movies, and in the end, they end up getting trafficked or sold in the brothels of, of Mumbai. Um, I brought some brochures about our work that's, that's out there in the, somewhere in, in the lobby. And if you get a hold of this, there's a picture of, of the street that we work on in Mumbai, right on this brochure. This place is called Kamatipura. It's right in the heart of the city. And it's a cluster of 2,000 buildings. But in that cluster of 2,000 buildings, there's 100,000 girls who are kept and, and sold. And like that video said, 30 to 40 men every single day, and they sell their bodies for $1.50, one-third split, uh, uh, to, $1.50 split one, in three ways, one-third to the pimp, one-third to the mad and the runs of brothel, and one-third to the girl. Most of these girls start when they are young, 14, 13 years of age, and most of them don't make it past their 45th birthday. Many of them catch different kinds of uh, diseases. In fact, right now in our safe house, we have an HIV-positive girl who's also pregnant. So be in prayer. We're just hoping that this, this baby doesn't get that virus. And, and so um, sickness and disease is rampant in the red light district. So we go into the red light district. We pull the girls out. We rescue them. We bring them to our safe house where they, first of all, receive medical treatment, counseling. More importantly, they receive Jesus. And then we give them skill sets, and we par have partnerships with businesses. So we try to get them jobs so they could re-enter society. And that's been an amazing joy for us to see girls who are rescued, their lives completely rewritten, uh, and to, them, to see them get married and then have babies. And, and we have that lifelong connection with these girls. We started in Mumbai, but I've been traveling with the gospel, you know, uh, you know, um, this whole year too. And, and this year, early this year, we did an evangelistic outreach in Romania and Poland. While I was there, God had sent me to that nation with that dream of starting something that I'd heard about what's going on in Eastern Europe. And when I went to Poland early this year, God really spoke to me about the need to start a ministry there. The reason being, there is no Christian safe house in that whole country. 15,000 Polish girls are trafficked every year in Poland. And the government runs two safe houses, but prostitution is legal in that country. And so what they tell the girls is, uh, you were trafficked, so now that you're in a safe house, get healed up here. And if you want to go back into the streets, we'll help you get back in the streets. And so we're getting started there, being prayer. There are trailers, uh, you know, guys who run, uh, drive these trailers and trucks that drive through Europe, pick up girls and look for customers across Europe. Many of these trailer trucks pass through Poland. I saw some of those trailer trucks, and they stop in rest stops and, and gas stations looking for a place to sell these girls. And when I saw that darkness there, the Lord really put on a heart on my team to start a safe house there in Poland that will rescue not just girls in Poland, but will rescue girls from Ukraine, Bulgaria, Romania, and, and the countries in, in Eastern Europe. You know, when the communist, uh, communism fell and the walls came down, a lot of Christian ministries and governments and, and the Western world went in those countries and started orphanages, and which was a great thing to do. But once they hit 18, the kids have to leave an orphanage. And sadly, a lot of these kids, when they hit 18, they end up on the streets. And so they're being lured by traffickers who promise them a better life and then sell them. And we're talking about India and Europe, but you know this, living in this part of the country, uh, human trafficking is a big problem even in Oregon and around America. And so I uh, thank you for what you do. Uh, be in prayer for You Can Free Us. Often people ask, what does that name mean, You Can Free Us? Well, what happened is the first time when I went to the red light district almost close to five years ago, um, 
I went and I had no idea what to do, but I had heard about Tommy and Matthew Barnett in the Dream Center in L.A. and what they do, how, what, how they go in the red light district and they give roses out to the girls. And so that's what we did the first time when we went there. We started handing out roses to all these girls. And when we did that, something happened. And these girls reached out to us and started pulling us and said, you can get us out of this place. If you care for us, get us out of this place. We had no place to take them back then. And that's why You Can Free is the name, is the voice of these girls saying, you can do something for our cause. And uh, I'm excited about how there's so much awareness. And our churches like yours are, is shining a light on this problem. And, and when a community becomes aware of this problem, there will be support. There will be prayer that will go up. And by the way, this one of the greatest things that people who fight this need more than money is actually prayer support. Because you know this is a battle against flesh and blood and principalities and powers of darkness. So when we pull these girls out of red light district, it, it's, it's really challenging. So I tell people, you know, I get to preach most weekends somewhere in some part of the country or some part of the world. But every now and then, my job now is to pick up a fight with a pimp. And so it's kind of a, an interesting thing that God has allowed us to do. But thank you for praying. This morning, I want to share with you a message that God has laid on my heart. But, but as I share this, I'm really hoping that God will speak to you about what you need to be doing this week for the cause of missions. This week to next week is your missions emphasis week here in this church. And I really believe we're at that time in history where God is calling the church to go a little further with Him. God is allowing us to, to enter into a new season, not just in America, but around the world. And the story that I want to pick up is found in the book of Hosea, a minor prophet in the, in the Old Testament. It's a very compelling story in a way. It, it ties into what we do get to do as a ministry in India and now in Europe. It's a story of, of Hosea, this young prophet that God raises up. And the text is found in the book of Hosea, chapter 1, verse 2. The word of the Lord to this young man. Go take yourself a wife of harlotry. Yes, you heard it right. Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry. For the children of the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. The background is this. Israel is in a deep spiritual slumber or darkness. Pagan worship and idolatry has, has, has replaced the worship of the true living God. The nation has rebelled. Religious prostitution is rampant in the land. Human sacrifice is, is a very common thing in that nation. And there is a man by the name of Hosea who sees the brokenness and the, and the complete depravity of society. And his heart is to see this nation reconciled back to God. Spiritually broken, but financially the nation of Israel is in a good place. Their boundaries have been stretched out and, and the countries around Israel have been paying tribute money that flows into the treasuries of the nation Everything seems to be going so well. And that's the nature of some human lives and families. Off from the outside, everything looks so great. And the darkness for a time is kind of hit up and everything, thing, everyone thinks things are going well. America is in that place spiritually. We're in that place of, of great spiritual darkness. I often hear people say, and I experience this, especially when I get to speak on, on college campuses. I realized that America could be one generation away from being called a post-Christian nation. I got to speak this last September in about six or seven different colleges doing evangelism outreaches. Most of them were with Campus Crusade, which is now called Crew. 
I'll never forget this experience of, of speaking at University of Wisconsin. And before I actually got to University of Wisconsin, the day before I had spoken at Cedarville University in Ohio. It's a Southern Baptist University and they had chapel and 3,400 kids were there. And, and I gave a gospel presentation and challenged kids to do something for God. And 2,400 kids responded to that, to that invitation. So I was on a Christian high. Sometimes we're on that Christian high and when it becomes all about what we do within the walls of a church and we forget about the world outside. So I was taking that church experience that I had in the University of Wisconsin. I remember getting up there and beginning to speak and, and the crowd, there was a good crowd, standing floor only, standing room only, huge crowd of kids who've come to hear this message. And when you go speak on a college campus, often less than 10% of the crowd will have some Christian experience. And I remember getting up and speaking and when I was done and I gave an invitation, I remember talking to one of the crew leaders who kind of put that event together. He's on staff with Crusade in that, at the University of Wisconsin. And I asked him this question, would you critique me? Would you tell me about some things that went well and what went wrong? And he said, Sujo, you kind of forgot it for a while that you were speaking on a college campus because you mentioned the gospel, gospel. You talked about the difference between the gospel and, and religion. You forgot that this is a, a very pagan environment. Most of these kids have no idea what gospel is all about. If you get up there and you speak, this is the gospel. This is the good news. They will look at you clueless because they've never been to church. And I'm telling a story about America, not telling a story about India. In fact, things are, are getting better in the nation of India. Number-wise, there's more Christians in the nation of India than now in America. Somewhere between 8 to 9% of the population of India has come under the lordship of Jesus I could keep you all day here and tell you stories of what God is doing in that nation. Early this year, you know, uh, I wanted to do an event with young pastors, 45 and below. And we raised the bar. You had to pastor at least 100 churches to be making to that event. And we called them all to Mumbai and Pakistan. We had 51 guys who showed up who pastored at least 100 churches. Two brothers showed up and their father has started a movement that has 3,500 churches, and now the baton is being passed to them, and they're running this movement of 3,500 churches in India. The largest church in India is in Assemblies of God Church, Pastor Mohan, and his son was there, and they pastor 60,000 people in the city of Chennai. So great things are happening around the world, but America, we are in that place of deep spiritual darkness. We need an awakening in this great nation. We need our sons and daughters in this creation to have a fresh encounter with God. And Israel is in that place. Israel needs a new voice. Israel needs a fresh encounter with God. Israel is in that place where every message that can be preached has been preached. Every temple that can be built has been built and yet in darkness. And when a culture gets to that place, God just shows up and He says, I'm going to raise up some new people. I'm going to raise up a new voice. I'm going to raise up a man. I'm going to raise up a woman. And here, the man in our story, his name, Hosea, who was waited on God. And God has called him into a prophetic office. His name, Hosea, comes from Joshua. And Joshua means salvation. He's a young prophet traveling around, calling a nation back to repentance. But one of the areas of his life that he's been praying and waiting on God is this, oh God, would you show me who I need to get married to? Oh God, would you give me a helpmate that we could do ministry together? 
We could pray together, fast together, travel around this land declaring your truth, counsel couples and families together. But every time Hosea waits on God to be hearing from God about who he needs to get married to, it's almost like heaven is silent. He doesn't hear from God. But now, this day, God begins to speak to Hosea. There's a knock on the door of Hosea's heart. Hosea, I want to talk to you about who you need to get married to. This really woke this man up. Yes, God, listen. I'm here listening. Speak. I listen. I will do whatever you tell me to do. Hosea, I want you to get married to Gomer, this woman with a reputation. If it was me, I would have said, God, I don't think this is God. This is bad pizza or I stayed up in the night. This is, must be the devil. I'm hearing a different voice. This can be God. Friend, God may call you and me to do something really crazy and really wild. Throughout Bible history and throughout Christian tradition, if you've seen men and women who've been used powerfully from God, then God showed up in their story. God just interjected right in the middle of the business of their life and their agenda. And God said, I want you to do something crazy. The world will not understand it, but I want you to do something. And God is speaking to Hosea and says, marry this harlot. Hosea said yes and gets married to Gomer. And by the way, Gomer means completely lost. Hosea means salvation. And he's married to this girl completely lost. Her heart is not with God. She doesn't believe in anything that this man does. They're just completely opposite. Hosea is broken. But he's thinking, now that we get married, now that it's God bringing us together, perhaps Gomer is going to change. But Gomer really doesn't change. She is seduced by the bright lights of the city. The exotic lifestyle food is what really draws her and her husband's heart is drawn to the things of God. The Bible says Gomer gets pregnant. God, what do we name this baby? God speaks to Hosea and says, name this baby Jezreel. Really, Jezreel? Because if someone hears the word Jezreel in that culture, it will remind all of that nation of how God's wrath was poured upon Jezebel in Jezreel. They will be reminded that yes, this is a message of grace, but God is also a God of wrath. The wrath of God poured and came down upon Jezebel. And what happened to her was, she fell off the window of a palace and the Bible said dogs came and ate up her body. And so when Hosea is calling forth his son, Jezreel, Jezreel, come here. It is a message. It is a message to the nation of Israel that God is a God of mercy. God is waiting. God is giving in his grace one more opportunity for this nation to get right with God. Gomer continues to slide in sin. She's not in the marriage. But she gets pregnant two more times, a girl and then a boy. And God says, you need to name your girl. I will have no pity. You need to name your boy, the third child, not my kin. Tough names to be giving your kids. But God has raised up Hosea as an object lesson. The story continues and quickly let me tell you what happens to Gomer and Hosea. One day there is a note, I'm leaving the marriage. Good luck to you with the three kids. Gomer leaves home. 
She finds comfort in the arms of lovers. And men come for her beauty. They're attracted to her for a season. They plunder her. And now her beauty slowly fades away. She passes from the hands of one man to the other man. And now she is in the arms of this man that can't even provide for her. They are broke. Hosea does not give up on Gomer. Hosea hears what's going on with her. Hosea shows up to that man who is with his wife and says, I hear it's tough for you guys. Let me help you. Pulls out some money and gives it to him. The man looked at him, Hosea, and said, what a crazy man. Which crazy man would do this? I've taken your wife away from you, and yet you're here to bless me? The man goes to the marketplace, probably went to Nordstrom or Neiman Marcus, brought out a lot of good stuff, came home. Gomer opens the door. Look what I got for you. Hosea at a distance watching this scene unfold. His heart is broken. He's a broken man saying, how ungrateful could these people be? Before you and I pass judgment on Gomer and the man she was living with, let me tell you often, we're in that place. We don't give to God like we used to give. We don't pray like we used to pray. We're not passionate for the things of God like we used to be. But God's love for you and me is so great. His love is so relentless that He continues to bless us. Even when we've messed up, even when we've broken His laws, He continues to bless us. But our heart is away from the things of God. Our heart is drawn to the things of the world. My heart was drawn to the things of the world when I came to America in February of 2001. I came with $50. Very quickly, I started rising up the corporate ladder and often I would say, wow, I've got to that place. New York is that place where dreams and dreamers collide. And it took a tragedy, 9-11, where I was buried in the debris of that building to realize that every stuff you chase, you're going to leave behind. You're going to leave behind all the stocks and all the money that we can gather. You're going to leave behind your dream house and that dream boat and everything that money can get you. You're going to leave behind. But I've come to remind you, Horizon, there is something you can take with you. You can take with you people. And that is the heart of God. Boys and girls, men and women around the world waiting for somebody to come and tell them about Jesus. Hosea is a prototype of Jesus. What does he do? He lets go of Gomer for a while. And the Bible says she lands in the valley of Achor, valley of trouble. And now she's in the slave market. He hears about how the highest bidder is going to get Gomer. And the Bible says Hosea ran to the slave market. And men saw him coming into the market. And their cry was, this is justice day for Hosea. After all the things that she's done to him, he's going to see justice met out to her. He's not come here to condemn her or to see her getting soul. He's come to redeem her. Not just save her, redeem her. Redemption means complete buyback. He comes and he stops that sale and says, this is mine. I'm going home with her. I'm not going to let anybody outbid me. Here's everything that I got. And the Bible says, Hosea buys Gomer back. It's a crazy story. Why would a man do something like this? Remember I told you he's Joshua. He's being Jesus in the story. Because one day you and I were in the slave market and Satan had a prize and you were his target. 
sin was flirting and it looked fun and he, and he took you around and he showed you the bright lights of Egypt. But you were in a place of bondage and people wrote you off and said, no good, you can make it in life. And your life got to that point where the rubber met the road and there were days that you didn't want to wake up. You lost the joy of living. Tears is all you know. You've been betrayed. People came into your life and they, and they stole everything from you. Many came and, and stole your dreams and you got to that place of just brokenness. You often would think that you were just a name out there that nobody knew. You felt so insignificant with your life, but Jesus came into the slave market and the bidding was going on. And as that bidding was going on for your soul and for my soul, Jesus stepped to the slave market 2,000 years ago. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among men. And He came and outbid everything, everybody out there, outbid Satan and said, My precious blood, my precious blood is being shed for the redemption of all of humanity. He came and rescued you and me at Calvary. And then, just like Hosea turns to Gomer and says, sin no more. Don't be intimate with anybody else. That's the message that God has for the church. Sin no more. Don't be intimate with anything out in the world. Or would you just be intimate with me? See, when you get intimate with someone, you want to do everything that a person likes and wants to be. When you get intimate with Jesus, His mission becomes your mission. And what is His mission? His mission is to rescue boys and girls. Sex slaves, businessmen, single moms, young men, high on drugs. The call of the church is a heartbeat of God. A church without a missions program is a mission field. You have more than a missions program in this place. This is a sending church. If every eye will be closed, every head be bowed. What is God speaking you to do? Hosea, I need your heart. I need your life. It's going to cost you something. People are going to talk about you. They'll call you crazy. They'll mock you. They'll ridicule you. It's going to hurt your pride, your ego. I'm going to strip you of all of that before I begin to use you. It's not about the platforms I've given you because they're not doing much. The people continue to rebel and turn their back towards me. But when you do life, when you become the embodiment of the message, when you become Jesus in skin, when you go to workplace and school and neighborhoods, even greater things you can do in my name, you're going to be the hands, the feet, that will bring this good news. You're going to be that healing hands. And that's how America will, will be reawakened. And that's how the ends of the world will hear this message of salvation. If you come to, with me to India and I will show you the plight of a billion people. A billion people. They're trying to reach God through 330 million gods and goddesses. There's God for everything in India. If you go to the Middle East with Jeremy, he'll show you Millions of Muslims trying everything to please Allah. The world is in need of a savior. Will the church be the church? The church is God's only option. You are His only option.
Yes, we need resources, we need money, but more than all of that, this morning God is stretching you and saying, what is it that you're going to do for me? What is it that you're going to do as a family? I'm tired, and I close with this, I'm tired of stories that I get to tell of missionaries in the past and things that have happened in the past. I want every day of my life to be a story. I want my sons and daughters to see these stories lived out in my life. I want to have my own story to tell my kids. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that, day, this, that way this today? You want to have your own story to tell your kids. When God challenged you, when He began to stretch you, you decided it was time to do something. You decided it was time to quit playing games and you wanted your life to count. Only one life. Only one life. And when it's all said and done, when we get to stand before Him, I want to hear these words and you want to hear these words. Well done. Well done. God bless.